0: In the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and blessings on Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and welcome to The College Muslim. My name is Talha Rafiq and along with my close friend and co-host Badruddin Muhammad, we host this podcast, The College Muslim. Our goal here is to highlight and show the experience high school and college students go through while growing up Muslim in a primarily non-Muslim society. We are not here to give you Islamic advice or tell you how to live your lives as Muslims. Instead, we're here to share our story and through discussion, show how we navigated many of the struggles and obstacles we faced in our lives in the hopes that it benefits you guys. Both Badruddin and I are currently college students at USC studying Quantitative Biology, and between the both of us, we have attended both private and public schools, giving us a wide range of experiences. We also hope to showcase many other experiences by bringing guests on for various episodes. Last but not least, we are not sheikhs, muftis, or scholars. While we do have an Islamic education and continuously learn about Islam, everything we say here is purely from our experiences and should not be listened to with the pretense that we are Islamic scholars. However, with that, we take full responsibility for what we say, and if any of you have questions, you can always feel free to reach us at any of our social media platforms. So with that, let's begin today's episode and inshallah, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will,
1: we along with you continue to grow as Muslims. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wassalatu لله ala والسلام assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi السلام My name is وبركاته Muhammad, my name is Talha Rafiq. and together we run the College Muslim Podcast. Welcome back to another episode. Today we have a very special guest who Talha is going to introduce. Uh, before we start, a little disclaimer, we are not Islamic scholars, we are not alims, we are not sheikhs. Uh, therefore, everything we're talking about is from our own experiences and sort of the tools and strategies and the way we've contextualized our experiences to help us navigate this dunya in the Western world. Alhamdulillah, So.
0: Yeah, Um, today's guest you might already know him (laughs) actually more most of you probably know him rather than know us Um, so um, I'm gonna go ahead and like let him introduce himself, but um, we have Jad Bajur who was a member on the most recent or one of the most recent Jubilee videos that a lot of you guys saw and um, he kind of presented Islam in a way that even made me fall in love with it again, and I was like, oh wow like I, I remember that I did not know as much as I thought I knew, and I was like, okay, back to the back to the books, right? <laughs> um, so the reason we brought him on is because um, we found out he was a college student, and we also found out that um, he's relatively in our age range, and yet he was able to sound so professional in a way that represented Islam in a proper manner that we think was beautiful. And so we brought him on today, and I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. I'm pretty sure he's uh, blushing already. I'm talking about <laughs> him. Salaikum
2: alaykum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you so much just like both of you guys, for having me on. Um, <clears throat> no, you guys are speaking too highly of me, Astaghfirullah <laughs> al-Azim. JazakAllah for having me on. Um, my name is Jabaju. like he said. I'm sure most of you guys know me from the infamous Jubilee video. Um, I'm 20 years old, 21 in a month, inshallah. Actually, exactly a month, inshallah. And um, I'm currently a student at the University of Texas at Dallas. Alhamdulillah.
0: Mashallah. Also, your birthday's in a month. When's my birthday? Hold up. Also in a month. Chad, are we sharing a birthday? February 8th? February 24th.
2: <laughs> oh, no. That's exactly like a, exactly a month. No. Nah, <laughs> that,
0: that would be crazy, bro. <laughs> February, is, fe-
2: February is a good month, though. I like February.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, so let's just start from what we think constitutes as a beginning. So um, something you might not have mentioned, but I think everyone caught on to, was that you grew up in America, right? Like, this was your home since the beginning. Yep.
2: Um, so I was I can go like way earlier. Um I could I started I was born in Long Island, New York. Um, so Alhamdulillah, that's where I grew up up until the age of fourteen, except I had moved to Dubai um for like four years. But that was when I was like way younger, so I barely remember anything from there. Um so the majority of like my child childhood, like younger childhood was in um New York. Um and alhamdulillah like initially um i had my uncle there my two i had two cousins over there um and that was the only family we had really uh, everyone else is like overseas essentially so like we barely got to see anyone else so i was extremely extremely close to my uncle i still am uh close to my cousins they just came to visit recently and um so that's where i grew up i went to elementary school there i went to middle school there for a year and then i went to um an islamic school for one year in new york and then after that was when we moved to Dallas. My dad came out here. He saw the the amazing Muslim community that we have here in Dallas, which is insane. Um, so we live in I live right next to Epic Masjid. A lot of you guys probably know what that is. Um, so that's where. So he saw the he saw like the potential that it had when we first came here. Epic was not big at all. Epic was um, it was one of those masjids in like a shopping center. You just go pray um alhamdulillah it grew like really really fast the community here is insane and uh so when we moved out here um i was 14 i went to islamic school for another two years i went to one in irving um and then i went to one here in epic and then i went to public school high for high school so from ninth grade until the whole high school i was in public school so ninth grade to 12th grade i was in public school and then alhamdulillah i went to university of texas at dallas so that's That's like where I was and um, what I did
0: nice um so that's actually kind of interesting so you had some form of islamic schooling before you started high school and that's actually not that uncommon right like there are a lot of people who because a lot of the curriculum set up for islamic schools i mean it's expanding nowadays but a lot of it is set up to only manage up to like eighth grade like at least here in la as well like where there isn't as dominant of a muslim population like there isn't an infrastructure for like islamic related kind of high schools so a lot of students will do islamic school for elementary and middle and then they'll go to high school at a public school and then obviously College is like there's no Islamic <laughs> colleges. I mean, they do know colleges one, and then you might have another hero there that maybe I don't know about. But ninety nine percent of us will probably go to a college that is an Islamic related university. But the reason I bring that up <laughs> is because when you entered high school, obviously you grew up in New York, and you have a New York accent.
2: Nah, I grew out. I had one, but when I first came, my friends were all making fun of me. But now, it was now it was gone. Unfortunately, oh, no, I Long wish Island. I still had it.
0: Oh man, I mean the Texas accent hasn't settled in either. You have like Cowboy. You have you have a Cali accent, yeah. Honestly,
2: uh, yes sir, yes sir. I say, say y'all though. I say y'all a lot. I don't like it, but I do. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, you entered high school was there okay first of all did you like the most generic question is did you experience a culture shock at all or was it like a very simple transition for you because of the experiences you had in new york or was there something that kind of happened like what was like the first you know two months like you know being there
2: that's a great question um so i think being in public school for the because when i was in elementary school and for a year of middle school i was i was in public school i wasn't in islamic school for those years um and even though i was really young like that kind of like I guess I had that experience in me and I knew what it was like being around people that aren't Muslim and interacting with non-Muslims, interacting with the other gender, interacting with people, essentially like like non-Muslims. So having that experience as a young child and then I went to the Islamic school. So I went to Islamic school for a total of three years, like seventh and then eighth and then like, I guess ninth again. I don't know um
1: just to confirm was this like full-time islamic school like you were taking your both secular classes and islamic classes in so one place doing
2: so i was doing um that's why that's why with ninth grade in ninth grade i was actually like so i was doing like i would be doing a homeschooling program essentially during that time so islamic school was only like it was strictly um like quran and then everything else would be like i have to do it from home um so when in ninth grade we were doing this new homeschooling program that we found here in texas and then when i went to when I finished Islamic school and I was going to transfer to the high school, I give them my credits and they're like, yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> I was like, what, but alhamdulillah, it actually all worked out because my whole life prior to then I was always a year ahead. So I was always a year older or a year younger than everyone. So I was supposed to graduate like a year early essentially, but mm-hmm. by, but then when that happened, I was put back in like the same class as everyone my age. So mm-hmm. Alhamdulillah it actually all worked out perfectly? Um, So that was good. So yeah, when I first came to high school, um, there wasn't much of a shock for me. Um, I felt, it felt normal to me. I'm a very um outgoing person. I I, I'm very open. I love not like not open is in like with my feelings, but I, I like talking a lot. I'm extremely extroverted. Um, I like I like being friends with everyone. Um, I love going out and hanging out with friends, all that stuff. So. Like, it just came naturally to me. Uh, And obviously, with that, with being extroverted and with being extremely outgoing, came some other challenges, uh, which we can get into later, inshallah. But 100%, like, there was... I really did not feel, like, much of a shock at all. It was really just, like, me settling in, maybe, like, a little bit. Like, I just had to, like, feel it out because I haven't been in that environment in a minute. Um, But once I got in, everything felt normal.
0: Yeah, I mean... Me and Dean can both attest to that because we both are pretty extroverted, right? And I think, <laughs> yeah. like, the biggest question I have on that regard, and I know you said you faced some challenges, which you can get into again, but it's funny because you came in, you didn't have much of an adjustment period, which means you were pretty strong in your faith to some degree at that time, right, for respective yeah. like that respective time. But being extroverted, I can say this to myself too, a lot of my friends are non-Muslim, right? So did you have any troubles balancing the kind of lifestyles that you wanted to live or that you were allowed to live versus the lifestyle that your friends maybe have lived? Because, I mean, as Muslims, we don't, like, shut off people, right? It's not like we don't, we, we don't like, just accept their, like, the, uh, their maybe beliefs, but we don't shut them off either. Like, we're not like, okay, we're well, never talking to you. You're below me, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, no, we don't do that. So, obviously, you're extroverted. You're probably friends with a lot of non-Muslims. It's Texas, after all. Like, there's a different faith all across the board. Yeah. So, how did you... Craft your friend groups. Was it primarily Muslim friends that you like sought out after? And obviously, I'm sure it wasn't like just Muslim friends. So, like yeah. for the friends who were not Muslim, how were you able to balance out their choices and their values, or were they quite similar to yours, even though they weren't Muslim?
2: Yeah. So, alhamdulillah, I have to first give <clears throat> everything else, of course, goes to Allah subhanahu wa taala. But after after Allah subhanahu wa taala, my parents raised me in in a way where. My faith has always come first. Everything that was instilled in me. And I never ever in my life had any doubts about the deen. Um anytime I had a question, I would always answer it. Uh and I knew I knew why I did everything. I was never, alhamdulillah, I was never praying because my parents told me to pray. I was I knew why I had to pray and I knew what prayer meant. Um I knew everything about the deen. It was instilled in me, like and I knew the reason why I was doing it. And I think that's that's one of the biggest things for me because for other people, like if you, a lot of people just pray because their parents tell them to pray. And if that's the case, then when it comes down to it, and when you are doing something and prayer time comes and your parents aren't there, the chances of you praying are not going to be as high. If you're not doing it sincerely for the sake of Allah. Right. So that was, um, alhamdulillah, like growing up with my dad who was always giving khutbas and giving halaqahs, um, it, definitely helped me out like a lot and that's a blessing that i have i know a lot of people obviously don't have that same blessing but alhamdulillah just growing up with that in that environment uh really like built my faith but of course everyone has everyone has moments of weaknesses and and times of difficulty right so yeah so my majority of my friends in high school were not muslim um just right off the top of my head i can remember i think ahmad was one of my closest friends but still is close to me um, he was Muslim. I had my friend Mu'min. Um but really it was them two in our friend group that were Muslim, uh a Nizr. And and then but like the majority of our friends weren't. So I'm still close to them alhamdulillah, like my with, with both my Muslim and non-Muslim friends. But going into it, I didn't have that group until I would say like 10th grade so ninth grade i was still navigating my way around seeing like who who i'd be close with and stuff but i really only had omar at that time he was the only one i was close with we'd be facetiming like literally doing all homework for like hours on hours it was just like me and him were like a duo alhamdulillah um so <clears throat> when hanging out with non-muslim friends alhamdulillah from the beginning um i'll be bringing this using this name a lot i'll refer to um blake that's one of my closest friends, still one of my closest friends. He was also from ninth grade until now. Uh he's he's non-Muslim. Inshallah he conversed one day. Blake, if you're listening, inshallah. it's happening soon, trust.
1: <laughs> I mean
2: inshallah, inshallah. So Blake, Harry, uh, Bryce, they're all they're all my friends that were non-Muslim, Caleb, but I had a bunch, a bunch of friends. And we hung out all the time, weekends, weekdays, after school, we go to Bryce's house, play football. Um Play video games, watch movies, literally anything. Just your regular like high school stuff. Um, but they knew like from the beginning. I promise you, like whenever I used to go to Blake's house, like prayer time came, like I'm like Blake, let me pray in your room real quick, like something. I'm always, I'm like he knew, and he still knows now, like that how important this, this like my religion is to me, and they'll never, ever like disrespect me because of that. If anything, Blake has gotten to a point where now. If he knows that alhamdulillah, like I tried to, I, I'm not listening to music anymore, but if he will notice like before if I had like music in the car or something or he was coming to pick me up, like he would turn off the music. He's like, I know you're not trying to listen to that. Or if like prayer time comes around and he knows like he hasn't seen me pray for a minute. He's like, yo, you have to pray or something like he's like to the point where he'll start reminding me. Um, and that's truly a blessing to have like a friend like that, because you can have non-Muslim friends who are co- the complete opposite. They leave you because of your religion and how dedicated you are. And alhamdulillah, for me, that hasn't been the case. But in high school, I mean, this is now now we've matured. Like this is this is now. Before um, in high school, like the biggest um difficulty that I faced because I was outgoing and um extremely extroverted, was definitely for me, uh, girls, unfortunately. Uh for a lot of people, it's something like it could be it could be anything. For me, it was girls, for you, it could be drugs. For you, it could be going to parties. It could be literally anything like that. Everyone has their own thing that they find difficult. And for me, unfortunately, just because I love talking to people and I love making new friends, that was the that was the difficult thing for me. So just like right off the bat, um in ninth grade, I go in, um, and I'm just like being myself. Just being being myself, um, alhamdulillah, I guess like attracts friends, right? So I became friends with a lot of people, uh, and then 10th grade, that's when I started to get close to Blake, um, and his friend group. And, and then obviously at that point there were, there were girls in that friend group. Um, and, and then obviously navigating through crushes and all that high school drama and all that stuff, seeing other people around you dating, knowing that you can't, uh, it's, it's difficult, but, and it was always difficult for me, especially like with the with, like the crushes thing, because I was like you'd, like, you'd have these feelings towards someone, but like, you know, you couldn't do anything, which like, which in a way made it like easier because you're like, OK, like there's literally no like there's no purpose of acting on this whatsoever because nothing will ever happen. Nothing good will ever come from this. But and then, it's, and then it's like you have nowhere to put those feelings, which is a little bit difficult. Right. So that was something um, I had to like, that was something difficult for me.
0: Avenues. Uh, what avenues did you find to, like, let off that energy? Because, I mean, I totally agree with you the same thing. Like, I, yeah. I literally will actually get, like, not depressed, but I will get sad if I don't interact with people on a daily basis. So, I need yeah. to interact with people on a daily basis. It's, 100%. And it's, like, obviously, limiting 50% of that population is not easy, especially in college hair, because it's the natural inclination <laughs> of, like, you, you're supposed to interact with, like, girls' hair. Like, regardless of where you go, you're in a club, you're in school, you're in class, right? You will end up interacting with a girl, right? So it's like, what what did you start putting your energy in? And I mean, we can talk about this too, because like I, I for sure have like found different avenues to put my energy into. But like, yeah. what was your gateway? I guess what were the things that you were doing that were keeping you busy that let you like let off steam. So
2: I was always into sports. I played um, basketball for the first year of high school. I was in the on still. I was helping out with the team in the second year. Uh, I played football my senior year. And just sports in general, like just like going, playing pickup. We used to always go to the gym after school, just play pickup together. Um, And I always, I mean, sports was always a way of me, like getting my emotions out, I guess. And uh, it was always like an outlet for me. Just hooping, you know, just going out on the court, being by yourself sometimes even. uh, It's always like, it's like a therapy. Um, So Alhamdulillah, that was a gateway for me. Also, throughout high school, I didn't unfortunately because like now I was starting to experience I guess different things right high school is a completely different aspect of your life and you go straight from Islamic school to an all boys Islamic school to a uh, public school and the high school it's, it, things are going to change um throughout my whole like life before this me and my brother were in everything together like high school i meant like middle school elementary school Islamic school he was with me through everything so now I was navigating this myself and unfortunately because of that because I was experiencing these new things, um, I didn't, I never opened up to my family about any of it. Like, I would never come and tell them how I was feeling. I would never... And, and they would get upset with me, right, rightfully so, because I kept everything to myself. And I'm still like that today. I do not, like... Like, if anything, I'll open up to, like, a friend or something. But it's always been difficult for me to, like, open up to my parents and open up to my siblings. I, I don't know why. I mean, just because I feel like... I never understood, like, if I was doing something wrong or if I was feeling something wrong, I was like, why would I go tell this to them? Like, this is just going to, like, <laughs> it, just didn't, it never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. So, like, why I would tell them that I was feeling like I, I did something haram or I was feeling something I shouldn't be feeling. Like, I was like, there's literally no purpose in me telling them. So, I was like, why would I do that? So, that was kind of my mindset. Now, it's just like, I always just keep things to myself. Like, I don't like letting people know, I guess, what I'm doing or I, I kind of, like, stay to myself in that way. But um, okay, I can't remember what was the question.
0: <laughs> no, 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 you're good, you're good. I think you were on the track of kind of getting to like, like um, past. Past like uh, the method you used to like counteract it. Oh, what okay, what yeah, what okay. like? But more into like, I think you were trying to like lean into like the processing of it. Like I kind of got that yeah, vibe yeah, yeah. of like, how were you processing it? Because you were in high school now, and that was different from the Islamic school and the all boys exactly, school. Exactly. Yeah. So. So yeah, definitely. At least having a group of
2: guys um was huge. Like having a boys' friend group everyone needs their boys like if you like i cannot imagine like what high school would have been like without without my boys um and like just having them there and luckily like we never needed girls to have fun like whenever we would go out or we would go to someone's house like and they knew how i felt like they knew i didn't want them there so like if they were gonna invite them over or anything like that or they wanted to go out and there were girls gonna be there i would just for the most part like I'd be like, all right, I'm just gonna go home. Or and sometimes like I wouldn't go home. I would go with them. And that was like that was a time of weakness, right? So Alhamdulillah, like I, I learned from those experiences because I don't I'm not the type of person who like I hate when people say like um they're like oh let me just let me smoke once so I get the experience <laughs> yeah. and I get it out the way. Yeah, yeah, you know, Like I, I if I could go back, I would never do any of it, right? Like for some people they'd be like, no, no, no. Like I would, I would smoke that one time, so I know what it felt like. Mm-hmm. But like for me, I'm not like I'm not trying to boast. Like yes, um, I think that was a great experience that I went out a couple times with them, and I think it was like a really good learning experience. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I regret all of it. And um, alhamdulillah, like, I, and I did learn from it. But like, of course, like you can't, yo, for in order for your toba to be to accept to in order for your toba to be accepted, you have to regret the sin. So and of course, um, I do regret it like a lot. But, so Alhamdulillah, just having them around was always helpful. Um, But with uh, just going on with this problem, this was something consistent until high school ended and even a little bit after. Um, Ninth grade, not as much. I would say 10th grade, I started to get close with a lot of people from school. 11th grade, even more. 12th grade, now I'm probably like really close to them. I've been friends with them for two, three years now. Um, But Alhamdulillah, it's not like, like I knew... There was only like, there was only like two, two, three, two, three, uh, girls that I was like, like actually friends with. Like I sincere, like actually cared about them. Um, they cared about me, like, in a like obviously a, just a friend way, but like they were real friends. Like they were there for me when I needed them. Uh, and that was like, and that was up until the end of senior year. And unfortunately, the way senior year ended for us, I was class of 2020. Were you guys, any of you?
1: Yeah, no, I was. Both of you guys class
2: of 2020. So yeah, no graduation. Um, spring break, They didn't say goodbye to anyone. Uh, we all thought it was just extended two-week period. <laughs> we all know how that ended. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was difficult not saying bye to everyone because there's so many people you see in high school every single day walking through the halls, going in classes. That you're, like realistically you're never going to hang out with these people outside of school, mm-hmm. but you still like enjoy seeing their presence. You know, you still enjoy like those times you had in class with them. And it was sad not saying goodbye to all these people, but regardless, by the end of high school, <clears throat> I was close with my boys and I would say about like two, three of these female friends and like COVID happened. So nothing really changed for like a while because we were all just at home. Um, but then, like, once college was about to start and people were starting to, like, move away, I was still talking to these people. <clears throat> and, like, my biggest regret was – not my biggest. Like, one of my bigger regrets is, like, being friends with these people, like, over such a long period of time. Just because I felt so bad. Like, it made it made the departures so much more difficult. Like, it made me cutting them off, like – a thousand times more difficult because of how close we were and because of everything that we have gone through as friends. Right. But once I, once I finished high, like once I was a a year into college a year after uh, 2020, so like I just finished the first year of college and I was like, okay, like I had to tell myself, I was like, if you really want to get married soon, if you really want to start like moving forward with your life, like I knew that in order for that to happen, like I couldn't be as close with them anymore. Right. Um. so then just one day I sent them texts I let them know how it was feeling like um, that I basically like I was like I don't want to cut you off like completely like I'm never going to talk to you again but like I won't be talking to you consistently if you want like every once in a while just like how are you see if you, how college is going and stuff like that um, and it was really difficult It was a difficult time for me it was a difficult like two week period where I was like I was, like, questioning, like, did I do the right thing? Did I handle it the right way? Um, Am I going to regret this? Because, like, ending a friendship is difficult, especially when no one did anything wrong. (laughs) It's just ending it because because I, I knew that it was the right thing to do. So after that, I mean, it was, like, they found it. One of them was, like, understanding. I mean, they were all understanding. They were all extremely understanding, but, like, they were just, like, if you knew this from the beginning, why would you like be friends with us this whole time? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, truthfully, I don't know why. Um, truthfully, I just couldn't like help myself because like, that's just the way I am. Just my personality. Yeah. yeah. So, but a lot alhamdulillah, of, that- at least I was able to, I think it was, That was like a big, it was a big moment for me. Like it felt like a big victory for myself, even though at the time, like it was difficult and it didn't feel like a victory. But now looking back at it, like that was a big moment for me. That was something like very big for me to overcome and to achieve being able to do that and like take that step because like, like I said, it's not easy. Uh, But I'm, Alhamdulillah, I'm proud of myself for being able to do that. And for anyone listening, like I guarantee you you have, if you're listening to this, a lot of you guys are going to have friends of the opposite gender, right? Um, My advice to you is like, just think about like, you have to prioritize your dean. Like, you have to understand, like, especially now, I'm assuming most of you guys are college students. After college, like, we should be looking to get married soon, inshallah, um, regardless if you're ready now or if you're going to be ready in a couple of years. But, like, first of all, for me personally, like I want my track record to be clean. <laughs> like, and I want my wife's to be clean as well. Like, I'm not, tr- like, and that's that's one of the biggest things I look at. I'm like, look, if I do anything, I'm like, I can't take it back. Like, this, this is like, if you do it, if you do it now, like, this is going to stay with you forever. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're ruining that for your wife. You're ruining that for yourself. Um, so, that's always something that's stuck in my mind. So, just understand that, like, you need, like, you should, you really should be, like, thinking about the future and thinking about your future spouse and how they are going to feel and what you expect from your future spouse. So, like, like, hold yourself to that same responsibility and uh, to, to those same guidelines. And, like... I'm not saying I'm not saying cut them off completely right away. I'm not saying send one text and be like, oh, "Look, we're done," but you guys should both like this. You guys should both be clear on what your beliefs are. Um, let them know. Like, look, I'm Muslim. Like, in our religion, there is no intermixing. There's no free mixing between us. Um, and and I'm sorry that like I let it go on for this long, but it shouldn't have been going on for this long. And I'd like to like make a uh, distance ourselves always like but I don't end it completely like I'll still check in every once in a while like how are you because at the end of the day these are still like people who once meant a lot to me right so I don't feel like it's right to just completely end it but I'll still check in like maybe like once every couple of months just text them see how they're doing but they'll text me which is in my opinion is better than a constant conversation going on between you guys because. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says well, and do not even get close to adultery. So it's not don't do it. It's don't get close to it. Don't do anything that might lead to something that might lead to something that might lead to adultery. So it's it's about preventing that first step because once you're in like once you're a few steps in, retracting is gonna be so much more difficult. So if you prevent that first step, um and I remember I was listening to one of your guys' uh podcast a little bit earlier, you guys were talking about this. Like I'm one of you guys was talking about how you put on like a piece of paper, your pros and cons of like the situation and things like that. And I, I think that's a great strategy for me. I would never put on a piece of paper. I just go like this and I'll think about it in my head. And then I'd be like, okay, <laughs> And then, um, but same thing, essentially weighing out the weighing, the outcomes, weighing the pros and cons of, okay. So if I do do this, if I, if I do this thing, how is what's going to be the result of it and is it going to be positive or negative now if it's only going to do this is this potentially going to lead to something else so like understanding all the possibilities before doing something that you think may be maybe small it really might not be just sending that one text like for them that might mean a lot and maybe it'll insinuate some feelings so I think just Weighing your um, weighing the pros and cons before you do anything, understanding and prioritizing wa ta'ala before you do anything. Think to yourself like truthfully. I truthfully I truthfully believe that everyone like everyone that's Muslim, for the most part, like I think everyone knows inside their head like if they're doing something wrong, like they have a gut feeling that they're doing something wrong. So like if you have that feeling, like I'm telling you guys from now like me, you, the people listening. We have the same desires. We were all created the same, right? The desires are all the same. It's about how we handle them and how we fight them. And like, that's the biggest thing. Your battle is against your nefs. Your whole life, your battle is going to be against your desires. And if you can win that battle consistently, then you're going to win in life. You're going to win in the dunya and you're going to win in the akhirah. And fighting those battles every single day, telling yourself, look, I have this decision to make. If I do this, I'm going to be, I'm going to have some satisfaction here in the dunya for a little bit, but is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to be happy, right? So think of that first. And then think about if I don't do this and if I stop myself from doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how proud, like, I, this is what I think, Like, I'm, how proud is Allah going to be of me? Like he knows, he knows deep inside that I really want to do this, that I'm having a difficult time stopping doing this and like... This is something like, this is a truth, a really, like a desire of mine that I really want to indulge in. And no one's around me. No one will know it. Like my parents won't know if I sent this text. They won't know if I did this certain thing. They won't know if I went here. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will know. So if you stop yourself from doing that, from going there, from listening to this, from saying that, for the sake of Allah, just think about how proud he's going to be, right? Mm -hmm. How proud he's going to be knowing how difficult it was for you. And if you stop something for the sake of Allah, I guarantee you, he will reward you with something better. Inshallah, he will replace it with something better. So, as long as you can consistently win that battle against your desires, then Inshallah, you will be successful in life. And that's I'm sorry if I went off on a little tangent, no, but that's good. that's my advice for the people listening. I mean, <clears throat>
0: that's great. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's like a lot there to unpack, but uh, <laughs> I mean the. Two things that were directly impactful that, first of all, like, I think the sense of, like, what you are saying, like, that f- sense of, like, oh, this is wrong, right? That guilt, necessarily, right? It's, uh, it's like, yeah, it's, it's a natural fitra. Like, it was, it's actually, like, a tool that we were given to use. Like, imagine if we didn't feel uh guilt or regret, right? Like, you would never That's change. Right. You would just keep doing the
1: same thing. Or even desire. Desire is just as important as the feelings of guilt and regret. Mm-hmm. They're, right. they're what lead us to getting married and having a good life. So, yeah. yes, they might seem evil in, in the sense that, like, when we have those desires and we want to, like, get an... Act on them, but at the end of the day, those are also things that lead to the goodness. Yeah, there's ways of
0: controlling them.
2: In the, the right way, there's yeah. right, there's right pathways to take. And, so 100, percent. I agree.
0: And then yeah, if you take the right pathways, then it's totally varika. So I mean, that's the second thing I wanted to touch on was like, okay, so now you made the decision because I did something very similar to you. Like during COVID, like was my like remake gear. I was like, <laughs> I was like alone, all these friends were cut off, and that's when I realized first of all, like, also being a very very hyper extrovert, I also played sports in high school. I was like, 99 of these people are not my friends. Like that's when also yeah. I realized, right, is a friendship is based on like um, there is a like an agreement essentially, and no one really admits it. Contract. But, like, there is a contract, and that contract <laughs> is based on the conditions that you like are set between the two people, and those conditions are usually derived of like what you two are relating on. So like if you're both athletes, you're playing sports, as long as you play sports, you will be friends, right? Yeah. Or if you're both like this, or but the thing is, that's the difference to Muslim friends. I feel like at least in my life, was it, the friends who like made Islam the center of their reality, right, or the ones who like had that as their core
1: that contract is forever.
0: That contract forever, right? Exactly. Like the chances I mean obviously things can go wrong, yeah. things can go haywire in the future, but like that's not like uh it doesn't matter if you're like a division 1 athlete or if you're like a lazy couch potato, <laughs> like you're still Muslim, right? Yeah. So it's like um that contract that was that, that's why oh, that was supposed to be the two of us. That was supposed to be the two of us. <laughs> yeah. No no, 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 not even. No. But um yeah, so those two things tied together was because my my like I'm trying to, what I'm trying to get to was, you you now made it made a decision you you know like sent that text to friends I did something very similar as well. What people I guess are scared of is like what happens after that right because everyone knows what happens when you have like friends right like it's a very social yeah. fun time you know like uh, dopamine boost hair like going out together there blah, blah blah, but have you sensed a fulfillment of like. I guess the best way to put it is like barakah. Like, have you felt like because as- Allah tells us as well, like you follow these commandments, not only you'll be rewarded in the afterlife, but you'll be rewarded in this life as well, um, to some degree, right? So like it should be, yeah. it shouldn't just be all like negative now that you're abstaining from like you know inter like mixing, right? So what are like some of the positives? I guess like what what like trade off have you got? have you, like even if it's like a basic of like I've gotten more energy or I have more time, or if it's more complex as like I've had more fulfilled relationships or et cetera et cetera, because I think I think not all of it. I think a lot of people are scared, and maybe some of the people who are listening to this are like, "Okay, I'm gonna do that. Then what? Like, what what the, yeah, what do I do 100%. now? Like, so what
2: comes next?" Yeah. Um, the biggest one of the bigger things, like you said, I wanna I wanna touch on this. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wa wa allah, And we plan. And you guys will plan. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will plan, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is the greatest planner. So. We have our own plan, right? Everyone has a plan of what they want their life to be like, who their friends are gonna be, how these relationships are gonna end, or how they're gonna keep going on. But that's your plan. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has a plan. So and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest planner. So trusting in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan. After I sent that text, like, yes, it was difficult, but alhamdulillah, at least for me, it's not like those are my only friends. They were important friends to me. Um, they still are important people to me, but it's not like that was it. Like it's not like what what now? Um, for some people it may be like that. Maybe your friends are only the ones of the opposite gender, and when you cut them off, maybe you won't have anyone anymore. My advice to you is go to places where you think you'll find beneficial friends for you. Biggest example is the masjid. Like alhamdulillah, during this time. I had, like, right after senior year, I would say I became close with. Um, actually, let me backtrack a little bit. So when I first moved to Texas, um, we had met this family. I'm sure you guys. I'm not sure if you guys maybe know her. A lot of people may know her in the of listening. I'm not sure you guys know Sister Holly Banani. She's um one of the most renowned um Muslim psychologists. Um, she, mashallah, she does amazing work, and. When we came here she had moved at the exact same year her and her family so we um someone like one of my mom's friends knew her and they said oh my god you guys would be like great friends so we went like to have dinner together right our families and their family and um her son kareem uh we were sitting there at the dinner table and at this time this is like ninth grade so or yeah i think it's like ninth grade for me maybe a little bit earlier actually um, so i might have not been in public school yet but i was still like i'm still a very athletic kid i was like sports was the only thing i cared about and i didn't care about all that like nerd stuff and yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about so 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 we go on the t- dinner table and i see this kid like picking up a newspaper and doing like sudoku on it I'm yeah. like bro what the like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here bro like mama why did you drag me here to see this kid bro i'll never forget this i'll never forget how i met him because like that was the first impression i got i was like yeah i'm not and then after we left the dinner i was like mama we are never hanging out with that family again like please (laughs) because he was the one that was my age um he has an older brother who i'm still very close to now. i actually work with him uh amir mashallah bless their whole family Mm -hmm. i mean um but anyways we end up going out with them again and a couple more times and then we end up like these are our family friends for like a while now, right? Mm-hmm. So we're very close to them. And Alhamdulillah, from that, me and Kareem are like now the best of friends. So that's our origin story. First day I hated him. Um, <laughs> it was like, I, I don't even know how we're still friends. But Alhamdulillah, like now we're closer than ever. Like he's my he's like my brother. Um, and Alhamdulillah, so he, I always had him throughout high school or anything. He was always like my one like, one of my, like, he was always my truest friend. And, like, he always had the same belief as me. Like, he was, like, we had, we had the same beliefs. Everything aligned with us. And we always know, knew how each other like, we, how we, each of us were feeling. Um, we could talk to each other about anything. Alhamdulillah. Like, so he was always there for me. And especially after high school, I think we became a lot closer because we went to different high schools. So when you go to different high schools, like, you're going to be closer with the people you're seeing every single day. So in that time of high school, like, I'd see him, like, maybe, like, once a week go to his house or something, he would come to my house. But then after high school, like, now we're in college, that's when we, like, became a lot closer because now, like, that's it. Like, college, like, you you do whatever you want. Like, you hang out with whoever you want to hang out with. Um, For me, especially, like, I'm not really, like, I don't go to school nowadays to, like, socialize. I go to college. I literally just go to class and leave. Like, I don't I don't care about all the extracurriculars. Um, so, alhamdulillah, just having having him there and he had a Muslim cause he went to Islamic school his whole life. So he went to um, the Brighter horizons Academy where, and here in Texas is like the biggest Islamic school. I think it's one of the biggest in the U S it has a high school curriculum as well. So that's why it's, it's huge. Um, so he had a friend group from that school that he was really close with. So he was like, he was always telling me like, you should come with hang out with us, come hang out with us. But always I was busy hanging out with my friends. Right. But then once high school ended, I went and started hanging out with them. Alhamdulillah, like, now that's my closest friend group. So his friend group became my friend group. Alhamdulillah, now we're all close. So having having them there was huge for me because after I cut these people off, then I had somewhere to go. Like, I had someone to turn to. I had someone to talk to about it. And I think that's really important. Having at least, like, realistically, you do not need a group of friends to be happy. You need one good friend. If you have one good friend, I promise you that's enough. Mm-hmm. One solid friend who is there for you. Um, yes, sir. I get you. Uh, <laughs> um, inshallah, may Allah how to preserve your friendship. Inshallah, yeah. but I'm sure you guys can attest to that. All you need is is one friend who will listen to you, who you can listen to. Um, no secrets between the two of you. And alhamdulillah, I've tried to. Alhamdulillah, I have more than one, and I'm extremely blessed because. In my friendships, I make it clear, like, I'm like, guys, like for in order, like I take my friends extremely seriously to the point where my mom gets a little bit upset how much I prioritize my friends. Um I care about them so much that it's like a little bit dangerous. Um, and I make it clear to them, like, look, guys, if we want this like friendship to work, like it's not like this is a really a relationship. Like this is like if we want to be friends for the rest of our lives, there's gonna be ups and downs, like there's gonna be arguments. And we're not going to let like one argument or one disagreement like end everything. So communication has always been the biggest thing. Like, look, if you're upset with me about something, just come and tell me, I'm not going to be able to read your mind and know that what I'm doing is bothering you. So you have to come and tell me that I'm going to do the same thing. If there's something that you're doing that's bothering me, then I'm going to tell you. And I've had this conversation with specifically Blake and Kareem. And because of that, like now we're just like, I know Blake better than his mom. And I know Kareem and Karim knows me and Blake knows me better than my parents do because like because that's how close we are. Um so I think like being open and and any relationship, communication is the most important thing. If you're not being like open and telling them how you really feel, especially with your spouse in the future, like that's gonna lead to a lot of problems if you keep bottling things in. So um Alhamdulillah, finding, finding a new group, going to the masjid, going to halaqah, seeing who's there, seeing, like, finding a group of people your age, your gender, um, that had the same goal as you, which should be doing everything for the sake of Allah, loving each other for the sake of Allah, and being friends for the sake of Allah, and pushing each other to be better. Then, when you go there and you find that person, inshallah, you find one person you click with, and that's it. Like from there, take off. Uh, so after you cut off these people, have someone that you like, know that there's someone that you can rely on. And if you don't have a friend, maybe a sibling. Um, and if not sibling, then your parents, inshallah. Anyone, anyone you could talk to just because in that moment, you're going to feel like you're going to be upset. I was upset. I was sad. Um, and I felt lonely for a little bit. But, alhamdulillah, I had people to pick me up and um, letting them know what I was doing, like letting them know what I was going through helped a lot because they were there to like, let me know what I was doing, the right thing. And to keep like telling me, like to keep pushing me and motivating me to be better. Alhamdulillah. So, yeah, that's my advice. Having a good friend group, your friends make you. There's a saying in Arabic, my dad always says, "Um, tell me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. Mm-hmm. So that's the impact that friends have on your life. So having the right friend group around you, in my opinion, is one of the most important things in life.
0: <clears throat> yeah, no, a hundred percent agreed because it's also the fact that as Muslims, like, even if you aren't like, let's say like a perfect Muslim, like just that as an analogy, even though there is no perfect Muslim, right. Yeah. There is an admittance of truth of like, this is what the truth is. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is the way we're supposed to do things. Right. Yeah. So it's like, the benefit of that phrase that like you said for example show me your friends and i'll show you who you are right it's also like show me your friends and their values show me your friends and their responsibilities show me your friends and their character right yep. and even if their character and their values and all that stuff at a certain level it has to be at a certain level it can't just be like non. like you obviously have to resonate at some level but if you're always in the perspective of like, I am striving for more, I'm striving for better, I'm striving for like per, like as close to perfect as I can possibly get. I'm trying to sort of strive to like the son of the Prophet Muhammad. Like at that point, it's like those are the friends you want. Because it's like even you guys will not die perfect, right? But the point at which you die, hopefully inshallah, is the one that they're the one that they're the ones who helped you push you to that to that level, right? And there are plenty of times, like I'll say this with me and Brother Deen too, where I'll give Brother Deen advice <laughs> about something that I currently still have not done. But oh, yeah, it's Islamic. It's Islamically grounded, and that's yeah. like the thing. Is like you're allowed to say that. It's like okay, like I'm not perfect on this, but like yo, but like, let's get here. <laughs> get here. Like you know what I mean? I hate like I do that so much. One of my
2: friends just recently, he's been asking me about something. Like he's in a situation, and I'm like, bro, like this is what you have to do. I'm telling you, like step by step, this is the way to do it. And I'm like, damn, like it's so easy when I'm telling him to do it. I can't. Like, do why can't I do this myself? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's yeah, so yeah. like. It's so much easier to tell someone else, Um, but I always let them know. Like, and what I hate about, alhamdulillah, like being on social media so far has been like, alhamdulillah, a great experience for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm, I'm glad that I've been able to help people out. Um, Inshallah, I'm able to continue to do that. But what sucks is on Muslim, TikTok, when you post yourself on there, or if you post any reminders, then everyone yeah. assumes, oh, you're perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like comments. now you can't make a mistake. Hundred percent. Um anything you do, you make one mistake, like you're done. I can never listen to you again. Uh so I hate like they're like, Oh, you can't like like you can't do anything that I would do because if you do that then like Why you're not right? like like, like this esteemed scholar yeah i'm like i'm not i'm you i'm literally just you yeah. but posting videos with reminders that's it i'm just trying to get some hasanat that's all i'm trying to do <laughs> um so like i hate being like and i'm okay, like i understand being held to a higher standard i'm okay with that mm-hmm. but like not to the standard that you can't make any mistakes mm-hmm. or like that i'm supposed to be perfect because that's it's not true. And it's not, that's not the reality that I'm not going to have the same desires that you are, that I'm not going to have some moments of weaknesses. It's it's impossible to hold someone to that.
0: Um, and you stop, you stop growing when you do that. Right? Like I've noticed this too. Like when people are like craving, like when not craving, but when people are forcing perfection, right? Which is something that like, must just do is too. like you walk in, yeah. it's like, once you put that thobe on, like, you know, you're perfect. Like you can't mess up, right? Like you want to hit the vape, take the thobe off, go outside, like <laughs> leave. Right. So it's like, you know the issue is when you do that, right? Because that is something that happens. Or when you do like the social media thing, it's like you are you're asking for perfection, and then the person just doesn't want to grow anymore. They're just like, yeah. you know, like okay, I'll just like hold it in. Or like there's p- plenty of side effects to that. But um, yeah. I mean, and the thing is like sheikhs and like imams too, right? Like we, I've talked to, like plenty. Barzadini's talked to plenty. I mean, if you're talking to them personally one on one, they'll tell you their stories too. And I promise you, 99% of the time, they're not perfect. Like they went through stuff too, and a lot of that stuff is similar to what we went through. Um, it's just not as apparent depending on the place they live in because different cultures, right, different societies and the beautiful thing about a free world or a free country is you can do what you want and if you're choosing to live here, you can't exactly complain about it because then you got to be like, yeah. you want to be here, practice what you want, you know, spread spread the word of Islam, do whatever you want but don't complain and don't, don't look at others like down on them just because they're not perfect yet, right? So, like I totally you get what you're saying um, and all that matter too is like, I think I want to emphasize to everyone too, like there is this room of element of growth that we have I think forgotten or that maybe is just not present right now.
1: I think it's more because our societies are very good at hiding it, especially in Muslim communities. Yeah. Like we like we talk a lot a lot about this on our podcast too, where like it's Muslim communities and masjids ha- were originally centers of academic institutions, like they were centers of like knowledge and all that. But at this point, they become more community centers where people are coming together to learn, which and is to fine, grow, which is good which, yeah, is good, which is good. But the yeah. thing is, the reason why we don't see the growth or like the path of growth that a lot of these sheikhs and scholars have is because our communities are very good at hiding that under this guise of like this is an academic institution. Like when you come to the masjid, you got to be perfect, you got to like keep quiet, keep yeah. the voices down, stay in the background, and then once you go out, yeah. then you can like do all your life and all that kind of stuff. Yeah,
0: and it's not it's not yeah. unanimous. Like it's not all yeah, yeah, one time. Like I want to mention that like. There are mustaches that I know that are like centered on like of course like of course. let's like do this the right way right yeah but it's like
1: but it's just over the past the, few c- generations yeah yeah
0: over the at least in our experience right yeah. like it's been like that's that's been kind of the take is like um is like the most of your growth is probably like happening especially because I mean your 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 situation is really unique Jad that you live in Texas that you have that huge yeah. Muslim community right like that like, is not like that like, <laughs> we are not like that like the best thing we got is like a middle school <laughs> New Horizon New Horizon yeah. yeah oc maybe has one yeah you know so it's yeah, having
2: a muslim community is such a blessing like because when i lived in new york there was no muslim community there either like yeah. yeah no sense of community whatsoever i mean except for like maybe a little bit around the measure but still like it's not like the way it is here here you go to walmart anywhere you're gonna see like a bunch of muslims wherever you go yeah, yeah. um it's crazy like the Muslim population here is insane and just the community everyone knows each other like for the most part it's insane, alhamdulillah. It is truly a blessing to be surrounded by this Muslim community. So, yeah, I mean, I try not to take that for granted.
0: That was, do you think that was a really big factor for you? Like, do you really think that, that community mattered that much? Um, I think it's... <laughs> or the combination of, like, having the community, having the knowledge, having the practice, you know, like, having all that.
2: It's motive. It's a, it's a good motivation. Like, when you go to Aisha and you see, like, that the majid is filled the way it is filled for jama'ah, mm-hmm. it's like it's like, wow, so these people, wow. like, this many people, like, care about the reward of Aisha Jamaa or in Jamaa um so that is definitely motivation like that helps you a lot when you see that compared to going to a masjid that maybe like there's five people for Aisha or five people for Fajr. um so i think that helps a lot uh for me like unfortunately throughout high school i was still, i went to the masjid but like i never like my friends weren't like there mm-hmm. i mean they would come to me like they, now like now my friend group like, we're all part of it. We all go to the majid and everything together. But, like, my high school friends, like, that wasn't – like, we wouldn't really do that unless we were going to the to, like, hoop or something. <laughs> um, but alhamdulillah, like, at least now now our friend Google goes to the majid, like, every single day. And it's um it's definitely been, like, helpful for us, especially the community here, the lectures that are going on. Epic Majid is, like, insane in what they do. They do billions of things every single day. So alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve this community and keep it growing, inshallah. Amen,
1: amen, amen. No, I mean, that's that's great. I mean, the one thing I do want to sort of come back to is uh, you talked a little bit about sort of how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees everything. And since that, like, when you stop yourself from doing a sin, Allah sees the amount of effort and the amount of pain that it took to do that. And I think. Comparing it, so we talk, we compare uh, a lot of times on this podcast to like the application that i presenting on law is a similar. It's kind of like the application for to colleges or to med schools and all that kind of stuff. And like we we talk a lot about holistic review, like oh colleges like hol- holistic review or extracurriculars and your grades and things like that. But also ta'ala, like it's it is actually holistic. Like Allah ta'ala sees every single moment that led up to you doing a certain deed or doing a certain sin, and that can determine like how much good deed and bad deed you get. So I like that message that you put through.
2: Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest things. Understanding that, like truthfully everything you ever thought and everything you ever wanted to do or didn't do for the sake of Allah, um, he knows. And Allah says in Surah Qaf that He knows what he he created you. And we know what like what's going on in his head, what's with the whispers that are going on. So Allah subhanahu is like understanding Allah knows everything that you're thinking and everything that you're doing. Um, every desire that you've had then like for the biggest thing for me was when I wanted to stop listening to music this is when I really came into my head I was like okay I was like this is something difficult it's become so normalized nowadays like listening to the like, who doesn't listen to music it's like you find someone who doesn't listen everywhere. to music it's like like wow like, you know mm-hmm. it's become like such a rare thing to find. Yeah,
0: the elevators play
1: music, and know, even like even if someone car, doesn't like, listen to music, yeah, like you're saying, yeah. so even if you don't listen to music like, on a regular basis, you get it's ice, everywhere, you get
0: ice cream is music, right? Like you're you're, you're to the store to pick up groceries,
1: yeah. you hear music, yeah,
2: one hundred percent. But at least controlling like what you can, when you can and can't, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Like putting it on voluntarily is what I'm talking about yeah, in this situation. Um, so for me personally, like when I was trying to stop stop that because I was I'd be playing music when I was in the car driving, studying, mm-hmm. working out, all that stuff um that was that helped me a lot i was like okay like look this is something i really want to do but like i know i can't i know it's haram so let me fight my desire for the sake of allah and once i won that battle i was like, I was like this feels amazing yeah. <laughs> i was like yeah, yeah, because yeah. i truthfully did this for myself like who's with you when you're driving no, there's no one, one there mm-hmm. like i could play the music and no one would know but it's about i made a i made a TikTok on this like you do not know when you're gonna go and you're going to be resurrected upon the way that you died mm-hmm. do you want to die having being listening to to music do you want to like th- going being in this environment it doesn't only really apply to music do you want to die being in this environment or doing this certain thing or saying this if you want to die upon the deen and upon doing something of bene, uh, beneficial or the remembrance of allah then you have to keep your tongue busy with the remembrance of allah if you want to die praying increase your prayers pray all the voluntary prayers and then in show that'll increase your chances of dying while doing it, just statistically. Mm. Um, so I think that's important—always keeping uh, death in the back of your mind and how you want to go. Because, like, you got no one knows how they're gonna go, when they're gonna go. Um, but did you guys watch uh, *Puss in Boots*? The movie, the movie? or the oh, show? The show. Oh, oh my god, I just watched it yesterday. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I got sidetracked. But that's, it was literally an amazing movie, brother. For those of you who watched it, brother, they, they literally like they had a character like literally named death bro it was so like <laughs> that was one of the craziest villains i've ever seen in an animated movie in my in life bro. <laughs> i swear to you like that was a top three animated movie i've ever seen in-
0: i saw i saw a TikTok clip it was like that wolf that was like the death bro, thing But he's so <laughs> tough
2: bro. <laughs> bro he's actually scary well like i got shivers like when it, in the movie theater oh my god like his thing was like if he was around like he would whistle and, like when he whistled like, bro, everyone like was scared, bro. It was actually so tough. Yeah, but um, definitely a top D movie. You guys should watch it. Um, but, Alhamdulillah you're just keeping keeping that in the back of your mind. Um, Alhamdulillah, what I'm trying to do uh, is it okay if I, I plug myself for just a little bit 100%. here? At the end? Um, all I'm trying to do, Alhamdulillah, like with the reason I'm on social media, I've always talked to my dad about this way before Jubilee and all this stuff mm-hmm. was, like, unfortunately. Like when I see the other youth of our ummah struggling, and I see them struggling with things that I've struggled with, Mm. um, and things that I I understand that they're difficult. Like everyone's struggling with something, and don't ever undermine what someone's going through. Like you truthfully never know what someone else is going through, so always keep that in the back of your head. Like it's maybe it's not as easy for someone else to stop doing something as it was for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're maybe they're addicted to a certain thing for a reason that. It's extremely difficult for them to stop. Like it, it's not as easy. So when I see like people uh, going through things like this, as well as the normalization of all these haram things—free mixing, uh, vaping, listening to music—no one says anything anymore. Like everyone has just accepted it. Everyone's yeah. accepted it. No one cares anymore. No one's, and there's no one. Like there's no one. I feel like our age that. Like, are giving these people, like, an example to, like, yeah. like look, this person, like, I can relate to them. And they were able to stop this. So, like, I should be able to stop it, too. Yeah. Like, they're not perfect, but, like, someone to relate to. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. Like, I want to I help people relate. Um, and alhamdulillah, what I've been doing um, Monday through Friday is on my Twitch streams. I, I started streaming on Twitch, alhamdulillah, which has been yeah, amazing so, so, so far. Um, I've been, I'm like two weeks in and it's been like such an amazing experience. I've had some great guests on. Inshallah, one time I'll have you guys on for sure. Yeah. Um, if you guys are open to it, inshallah. Yeah, of course. Um, the goal with it is, like you see all the streamers nowadays. We, I used to, I was one of the people watching them. I used to watch, I love watching Aiden and Kai. Um, and I'll be watching them for like hours on hours, every night. Not the greatest like, examples.
1: The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Content.
2: Like their content is like hilarious. Yeah. They're hilarious people. They're good people too. Like, um but they're not obviously they're not muslim yeah and they're not anything nothing that they're doing is going to be beneficial for us yeah so what i'm trying to do with my streams is build a community alhamdulillah we've already built a community of like i have like 50 consistent viewers and like everyone knows each other everyone like it's a fun thing like we joke around with each other um in the streams we do like a, a couple islamic lessons i'll every single week or every single day of the week is like designated to something different mm. um for example, like a miracle of the Qur'an one day, a dua of the week the next day, a um, hadith of the week the next day. And then we recite Surah Al-Mulk every single night because protection from the grave and inshallah will intercede for you on the day of judgment. But then also we play games together. We do trivia. We have cool guests on doing certain things. We just had one of my boys who does calligraphy. He was on there doing live art for us. We had a Qur'an competition uh, on Friday, which was amazing, alhamdulillah. with had a great turnout. But it's about making it fun but also balancing the Dean. Like normally, like it's difficult for me. Like if you're just going to play lectures for hours, mm-hmm. like I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't listen to lectures on hours and hours, but at the same time, I would feel guilty if I was watching someone play games for hours on hours. So I think mixing it together and balancing it out. That's what I'm trying to do is, is have a, have like a community where we can learn about the Dean and have fun at the same time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. alhamdulillah, that's, like, my biggest goal right now is, alhamdulillah, yes, I'm, I'm still trying to be um, consistent on TikTok, Instagram. But, like, my biggest goal is to build this Twitch community to the point where we have a lot of the Muslim youth, like, watching and, and learning, inshallah. And I'm doing this all truthfully for the sake of Allah yeah. to, to bring the community together and, uh, inshallah, to help out as many people as I can. Yeah. So, twitch.tv slash Jad underscore. Yes, sir yeah no i mean <laughs> I, good, I, I think
0: it's amazing you're doing that because there's an argument to be i mean first of all yeah you're doing it for allah but also like doing it for the ummah is doing it indirectly for Taala, exactly. al- right and i think this is the media thing for example me and brother started this in our podcast was because it's like we just need to saturate the outlets with muslim content too like we, yeah. we need to give people an option like maybe we're not, maybe the we're best. not we're at least have the option there yeah like we're yeah. not the best right now and we might not be like for a while right but if we can like get like two three content creators like and then thousand people get affected by each of us right maybe from those yeah. thousand one or two decide to start their own stuff so a even scary. if they're not like course, exactly. you know imams right but if they have some kind of grounding in their islam and they are again like you said they're the person who posts reminders or those instagram accounts that have like aesthetic reminders like you know yeah. it's better than nothing and the reason why is because you have to saturate what the we, we don't Again, we are Muslims. We adapt to the times. We don't just. That's why the religion has lasted so long. So it's a great thing you're doing that. And then on that note too, I think it's important that you mention that because like the infrastructure is not set up to adapt to the West right now, right? So I was talking to um, uh, the mom about this too, um, and um, he was saying we should build a gym next to the masjid, right? Like a full-out gym, like in the like right next to the masjid. And and then he said the problem he's having right now with the board and stuff. One is finances, but the other thing is. Um, they're like, this is not a community, like, like, it's not a social place. You don't want people to just come here just to have like the gym, right? And I'm like, isn't no, 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 hear me out. It's not <laughs> just like they're not worried about the people who go to the gym and then go work out or do then pray or also gym. They're not, they're just like, what's the point of making something that like, like is just. Like they had that idea too, like there's like this is like in some whatever of an institution, like there should be some kind of levels of things, like obviously the boys play basketball every single like you know mustard has some kind of basketball like um court in their parking lot at the least, like they just have a court there, like even if there's no like actual gym floor, yeah, yeah. but the entire point that I was trying to get to was like this imam, his idea is we need to build this infrastructure where even if they're the Muslim boys, they really like sports, but they're not totally into Islam right now. Like, you know, that's what growth is. And the natural fitra of kids is probably to yeah. run around, have fun, right? What, what makes you think they're gonna sit in lectures for five hours a day, right? Six hours a day. At least they're playing next to the masjid.
1: Kids are sponges. They're gonna right? absorb everything around themselves. Four so.
0: years down the line, because this is what happened to me. Like I, I went to a really rough time like with Islam in high school, like points where I was even considering myself a Muslim, right? Like It was like, it was rough. But my family was Muslim. We still went to the masjid, right? I subconsciously was just there. And when I finally decided like, okay, like I'm trying to like learn this thing. Like I was like, I knew exactly where to go. Like I, right. So what you're doing that, you're doing that on a social level, which is great on the internet level. Right. And that's exactly where we need to start because that's what we're going to do. And then when we're all like a little bit older, right. And we're like, all right, let's put this in a physical manifestation. There you go. That's the masjid with the attached gym with the attached, you know what yes, the moms and dads can do their like yoga class or their workout <laughs> class while the kids are taking Quran class and then switch it around or yeah. whatever, right? The point yeah. is in the world, which is so dominated by like investing time into your work and doing these different things, yeah. you need to set up these things. because It's not easy for everyone, like you said, to change, like to inst- instill like Islam into their
1: lives, whether it's like when the only infusion of Islam into your life is at the masjid, then your life should be built around that infusion of Islam.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And so, like, by enabling that, then people will have an easier time. Like, the guys, like, I've worked, I'm now, like, have worked on, like, my thing was, like, music also, but also, like, wearing shorts or tights or compression sleeves that at least cover my knees. And then now it's, like, literally, like, I wear athletic, like, um, um, pants. Like, I don't wear the shorts anymore. Right. So, yeah,
2: yeah something also that's become really normalized, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. And it yeah. sucks because. <laughs> that's a whole another topic it's like the guy's like oh i want a hijabi wife i'm like bro you wear shorts every day like the same girl you're about seven inch inseams too like it's not even just like like I'm come like, what on are man <laughs> bro but it's like yeah. and then they bag another girl who's wearing has like a little bit of hair sticking out of her hijab and she's like that's not perfect i'm like you <laughs> you serious like what <laughs> you serious <laughs> yeah yeah i always
2: yeah, never yeah. look at the mirror and stuff well unfortunately yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: but yeah yeah I mean, I, I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, and, for And sure. um, I think we should all keep doing what we're doing just because the, the, presence, the presence of having that presence subconsciously is a big, big difference for like a lot of people. So Of
2: course. And for you guys as well, just for doing what you guys are doing. When I work, I have to go to appointments that are like an hour maybe away from me, 45 minutes. So just being able to have a podcast like you guys to turn on helps a lot yeah. instead of turning on music or anything like that um people are, like spreading beneficial information alhamdulillah it's just it's it's nice stories to listen to um alhamdulillah for doing what you guys do as well and of course for having me on it means a lot um and inshallah this won't be the first time we speak with each other inshallah
0: Inshallah. 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 the last time i'm sorry yeah last time. <laughs> <laughs> it will be the last it will be the last first time we speak though
2: Exactly 100% exactly. That was too
1: complicated for me. Okay, (laughs) it's like forget (laughs) it now. All
2: right. right.